Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of OA News Overtime. I'm Jordan Hill with Justin Lee. As always, Justin. Jordan. Throwing, Jordan. throwing it back. Throwing Jordan. it back to Zoom. Going, going the Zoom route. How this how this podcast was formed, baby. <laughs> I'm slightly under the weather, so we're, we're social distancing. We're doing what we can. Uh, I was on vacation and came back uh, with something, as one does. Totally contagious, so uh, we're we're back to Zoom here as I recover. <laughs> as Justin's on the men, but we knew we were not going to let it stop us from podcasting. There's no. a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about, and uh, a lot to try to tackle. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Auburn's bowl game. We'll talk about SUNY Lee making some more news. We'll talk about Auburn men's basketball. But first, Justin, let's start. With the topic that's really been at the forefront for Auburn football the last couple of weeks, the offensive coordinator position, Mike Bobo, is not going to be retained. We already knew that. We're still waiting to hear who the next coordinator is going to be. Uh, you know, we had heard rumblings that we would hear something to start this week. We're recording on Wednesday, and they're still waiting to make a hire. Um, what's sort of your read just from the outside? And, you know, is there a reason for concern? I mean, I, I have to say that I'm a little surprised we haven't heard anything yet, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a bad thing. I'm definitely on the outside as I slip in and out of consciousness every day, wondering I wake up after a nap, like, oh, they hurt someone? No. Um, no, just from watching, I mean, I don't know. Who's to say? Uh, it certainly doesn't seem good. Like, it doesn't seem good. What it means is that Brian didn't have a plan, which, I mean, that can be good or bad. He can take that either way. But it's not like Brian was like, oh, we got to get Mike out of here so I can get this guy. Um, but that's not to say it's a bad thing. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, the one of the philosophies that I've heard in, in coaching hires is like, you don't just, you know, you don't just wait until you don't do what Miami just did <laughs> with Mario. That's messed up. No one does that. Don't do it. Uh, Miami was like, oh, we'll keep Manny if we can't get Mario. That, at least if all the reports are to be believed, uh, you don't do that. Usually it's, it's hey, is there a path forward uh, with this coach that we have? And then if you say, if the answer is no, it doesn't really matter who's out there. It doesn't really matter what, who you're going to replace them with. You got to get rid of them and move forward. Uh, so it seems like that's what's happened here, just ba- just based on the timing. I mean, you're, you're asking, you know, what 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 do we know just from the fact that nothing's happened so far? Uh, that's one of the things you can you can safely assume and presume is that uh, yeah, it's going to take. Um, I don't know. It's, he's he's there. It's it's an open application, is what it seems like. It wasn't. It, he didn't immediately uh, promote someone like Kaiso, you know, or, or however you even say. He he saw he saw. Like seesaw, but, but yeah, I see it. you know, you see it written all the time. Uh, and 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 uh, you know, some obvious other former Boise State guys like Zach Hill, who's at Arizona State, you know, it, it didn't, nothing happened immediately. So, uh, that would lead me to believe that, um, you know, that it's an open application and open process. So, uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Um, obviously, the, the details of these things are are kept under wrap at the beginning. And then obviously a year later, uh, we all, we all kind of see what, what really went down. You know, uh, it's one of those where it all comes out in retrospective, kind of like Brent Venables now talking, talking about Auburn. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Other, other than that, um, I, it's just a waiting game. I mean, we'll just, we'll wait and see what, what, what he does. But I mean, you would think 
he would want to depart from what he had. I mean, you wouldn't lose Mike Bobo and then just get a different kind of Mike Bobo, right? So uh, obviously the schools of thought are he could go to someone he's familiar with from Boise or you try to go after a young guy, someone who's trying, trying to set the world on fire. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if respected veteran is really the route he's going to go in, right? Yeah, and I think the biggest thing to me – and we'll get into this in a few minutes when you talk about recruiting. You know, on one hand, you would kind of want to have somebody to sort of help you put together this class. But I don't think, you know, you should consider Auburn dead in the water because they don't have the play caller because, you know, I mean, there will be coordinators that can really recruit. But, um, you know, you're not hiring a guy to say, this is my ace recruiter. Like, no, no. you got guys on the staff that can help you in that regard. Coordinators are really mercenary, aren't they? It's weird. Seems, seems like it. I it's mean, weird. look, like, look even at a guy like Mike Bobo, who yeah. he's at Georgia for a long time. Then he goes across the country to Colorado State. Again, it's an opportunity to be a head coach. You know, you understand, like, hey, if I can go be a head coach, then I'm going to go do it. Right. Then you go to South Carolina, and then a year later at Auburn. Um, so you're right. And these guys are, you know, there's all kinds of jockeying between uh, guys and, and just uh, seeing that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's gonna happen. So it's almost like a coordinator, like is is one of the like it's almost like the the head coach and the uh, assistants are more of the general manager, and that they're the roster management because they're the ones recruiting, and the coordinators just have to work with what they got. Usually, in a lot of places, uh, it's weird. But but as far as recruiting, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. We we haven't seen any major decommit because of Bobo leaving. Um, and, and I think that's pretty par for the course in today's college football. It's weird, but that's just how it kind of is now is that, you know, the assistants do all the recruiting, the position coaches, I should say, do all the recruiting. And then the coordinators just like move in and out, which is weird, but that's how it is. Cause the coordinator is always once you typically, sometimes you get one of those longtime coordinators who sticks with the head coach for a long time, but a lot of times they're jockeying for their next job and there's a lot of movement there, but but yeah, man, signing day, uh, signing day is coming up, Jordan. And this is, uh, I don't know. I feel like I always say, like, well, we'll see in the future how this thing's gonna go. Uh, we're really, we're really now about seven days from uh, really kind of knowing um, is this is this thing gonna start picking up momentum or is Brian Harson heading into another year zero? Yeah, and you know, like you said, we're recording this on a Wednesday, so it's a week. Got a week to go before the early signing period, which, as we have hit on this podcast many times, it's the it's the signing day, and then right. the later ones, the late signing day. Most, most kids, on the whole, wind up signing during this three day period, starting December fifteenth this year. Uh, looking at the numbers really quickly, according to two four seven Sports, Auburn is thirteenth in the SEC uh, as far as their class goes. Justin, why is thirteenth? Excuse me, I'm getting emotional just talking. <clears throat> Why is 13th in the SEC significant? There's only 14 teams in the conference. Because there's 14 teams. That's not. And one of them is Vanderbilt. <clears throat> you're, you're behind Vanderbilt. You The only team yeah. right now is Florida, who with the coaching change, with Dan Mullen out, Billy Napier coming in, that I know even today that they, they had a receiver decommit. So you've had a little bit of movement there. You've got to find a way to, to build your way up. There's still guys out there, and we can talk a little bit, you know, in depth about this if we want to. 
there are guys in there that we know they are still very well in play, very much in play for. Justin Williams, a running back, that's a four-star. Uh, yesterday he announced that he's between Tennessee and Auburn. Really, I think the biggest guy that they seem to be really in the mix for is Darius Clemens, a receiver from Oregon, who you would have to think, total speculation on my part, with Mario leaving, sure. uh, it was Oregon, Penn State, and Auburn as his top three teams. You would think or uh, Mario leaving Oregon – would really help Auburn's chances with Darius. Um, so they've got guys, and, you know, we've talked about that there's talent within this group. Um, we've seen a lot of these local kids, and we know that they can make plays, but you got to build around it. you got to get more guys. You've got uh, a, a good bit of quality, but you want to add more to this class. 13 commits truly is not a lot. Uh, not when you compare it. Looking, uh, Scrolling up, 21 commits for Alabama, 24 for Georgia, 21 for Texas A&M, and this is one of A&M's best classes since Jimbo's been there. you got to get guys, and you've yeah. got an opportunity with the, some of these coaching changes. I know that there's a few, at least one LSU commit they're trying to go hard after. I think he might be a cornerback. Uh, you've got guys like Shamar James, who I think is a linebacker that was committed to Florida. Obviously, they made that coaching change. you got to try to finish strong. Uh, T.J. Dudley, a guy from – Montgomery Catholic that I've watched a few years since they're in the same region as Realtown and Dadeville, he was an Oregon commit. So all of a sudden he's a guy that if you want him try to build up that linebacker position, you could potentially go get, or at least try to go after. Um, but you got to get guys, you know, as a class stands, obviously you want to keep who you have and get them to sign on the dotted line, but you have to add to this. This isn't enough if you want to keep up with, Again, sort of the theme of the podcast when we've talked about Auburn football. Caught between Alabama and Georgia, you've got to get the guys that can help you not only keep up with them, but you know, try to, you know, try to stay right there with them and try to you know, uh trade wins over the coming years and show that you're just as capable as two of the teams that are in the college football playoffs. Yeah, I think uh at Rivals, Brian Matthews posted something today that was like uh, a hypothetical game, like if all of these targets come to Auburn, if they all do, Auburn could land a top 10 class. Now, it's a little unrealistic because they've got like three running backs who probably aren't going to all come, come at once in that class in this hypothetical game he's playing. But, I mean, it's they're, they're, their big targets are there, and they're in some top threes, like you said. So uh, they just have to hope for it to end as, as well as they can. Uh, because then uh, whatever gaps are left, you got to go back to the portal, which is something they did last year. But here's the thing, man, Jordan, last year he had an excuse. Uh, he had an excuse because he wasn't here. Uh, it wasn't his first class. This year there's no excuses. There's no excuses for where Auburn is. And uh, for me, I think Auburn's a top 15 program uh, nationally. So I think Auburn should have a top 15 signing class. Um, and, uh, it, so, I mean, it, it, it's tricky. Uh, it's kind of like we talk about softball with the SEC is so powerful and the same the way in football recruiting, you can be in the top 20, but you can still be like 11th in your conference, which is not very encouraging either. So, um, you gotta get the dudes, man. I've, I've said it on this podcast before. Um, you know, my, my new, I'm going to repeat it. My, uh, you know, if, I used to think that uh, football was 99% recruiting, and now I think it's 100% recruiting. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 here we are again. Uh, we'll see finally uh, what a lot of what the future will hold uh, for Auburn football, whether 
there's some real momentum here, whether it's, okay, uh, you know, Beatle Miss at home, hey, hung tough in the Iron Bowl, really impressed some people. This is more of what we're trending toward. Or is it back to the portal again, uh, which is not what you want, but it's where it's going to be. It could be the reality of Auburn football here in a few days. Yeah, the door is open, like you said, for them to finish strong, which truthfully with that first class, which was sort of an abbreviated class, I think you could say that they did finish fairly strong. I mean, it was looking dire there for a while, and they were able to to get some guys. And, you know, for a, sort of a stopgap uh, uh, class, you know, it was a fairly solid thing given uh, how quickly it all came together as far as Harson and company. But this is your first real class. This is your chance to show that, you can recruit and you can go get these guys. Um, we know that there's guys there that they're very much in the mix for, but it doesn't really mean a whole lot. One, if you don't finish. Two, if you find yourself, you know, you know, finishing like 13th in the SEC, it's very comparable to when we talked about them losing Mississippi State. And, you know, you very bluntly, which I think was very accurate, saying that Auburn should beat the Mississippi schools. Like, you know, Auburn's a better program than the Mississippi schools. Well, we should see that in recruiting, too. That they should be able to, to have a class that's superior to some of those guys. It's going to be harder with a guy like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, especially, sure. recruiting really well. Um, but if Auburn is going to be among the best of the best in the SEC, starts right now. And, and, you know, as much as you want to maybe use the portal and – you know, they may able to be able to do that and, and fill some needs because there are definitely some needs on this roster. If the linebackers, you know, if Zacoby, it really sounds like just from what he's posted on social media and stuff like that, he's getting ready to move on. Right. You would Maybe Chandler doesn't come back. Owen potentially could decide to go pro. We haven't heard anything as far as that goes. I mean, you're losing. I, I wrote about this earlier this week. If all three of those guys leave, that's 201 tackles from this that are gone. And you don't really, I mean, unless you just really believe in Cam Riley and Wesley Steiner, but neither one of those guys are proven, you know, maybe you go to the portal to try to fix those holes, um, but those holes are there. You got to fill them some way or another, and and they're not going to go away. If you just think, well, we can kind of ease our way through it, you're not going to get that opportunity in the SEC. You're also not going to get that opportunity next year playing Penn State pretty early on in the year. You're going to get exposed really, really quickly. So it's going to be very important to see what they do through this signing class for the high school guys, and then if they decide that they need to fill a few more holes through the portal. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man. We'll see. I like. I, I don't know. We like. I, I feel like during the season it was like, all right, we'll know in a month where things are. Here we are again. We'll, we'll know in a week. Uh, a lot more about where things are. And I mean, we have a tendency when me and you talk to, to go big picture. And I really do think uh, we'll know a lot more of uh, where Brian Harson's tenure is going. I mean, does he, it would take, uh, I think, uh, two really good recruiting classes. I mean, if he could get two top 10 classes, uh, then maybe he does get into year three without the results next year. Uh, but if he doesn't have a top 15 class uh, and then he goes into next year and, you know, has a really tough time, like you say, without linebackers, without an offensive line, uh, it's looking like a really tough year. Uh, Alabama and Georgia both on the road. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a really hard time for him uh, in 2022. Uh, so, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, but but if you at least, you know, people do pay attention to recruiting, you know, the people on the inside and the people with money, they know it's all about recruiting now. That's that's the landscape of college football right now. And uh, and so if you can land a top 10 class, if you can land a top 15 class, uh, you've got a chance. So and like you said, this is the signing day it used to be in December. It used to be, you know, February that now that's picking up the pieces. I thought someone said it, um, someone on Twitter, it might've been an AU nerd said it, like Auburn's heading toward a, an old school signing day. That seems right. Like there's a lot of people, you know, it, it used to be, you go into signing day and and all the players really liked playing up who their top three was. And that was the hat dance, right? And it kind of went away a little bit where, and with this December class, uh, December signing period, everyone just wants to be a firm commitment and let everyone know where they are. So it's not as many, signing day it's not as much of a signing day spectacular but for Auburn this year it is because they're coming on late for a lot of these guys and let's be honest the reason is because the recruiting didn't go well let's be honest they shouldn't be going into December 8th and you're trying to pick scraps from Florida and LSU not well not good to be in this position but the path is there to salvage this thing and and correct course uh much like much like Carson you know firing two coaches you're trying to correct course so uh here's your chance and and like you said it's gonna be a, a, like that like uh I think it was a nerd said gonna be a old school signing day a nervous nail-biting uh signing day for Auburn where you're literally watching some hat dances and and watching it and if you're an Auburn fan hoping he picks up the orange and blue hat so uh, buckle up, man. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, a big one. Buckle up for sure, and I have no doubt that we'll probably have a podcast at the end of signing day, kind of wrapping up everything that happened. We'll have all kinds of content from signing day, and and two, it's important to remember with this early period, it's a three day period, so you know you might end Wednesday, which is typically when most of the guys are going to sign. You still have that window, and I'm thinking even back. Uh, I think that was during uh, February that Jarquez Hunter didn't sign until February, uh, until that Friday, I should say. Sure. Uh, so, you know, you may end Wednesday and think it's dire, but there's still that opportunity for a few more guys to jump on board. Uh, before we get, uh, you know, moving along and, and off the topic of football, we didn't have, haven't talked about this yet, Justin. We got a bowl game. Got a bowl game close to home. The oh, Birmingham. yeah. The Birmingham Bowl on December 28th, that's up in Birmingham. I don't know if you could figure that out from the name of the bowl game. Uh, they are going to be playing Houston, a pretty good Houston team that I believe is 11-2. and two. Yeah. Uh, and Holgerson's guys played for the AAC championship. Came up short 35-20 to 20 against Cincinnati. Uh, a pretty good Houston team that uh, has shown that much like you would expect from a Dana Holgerson team, you know, Dana is off of the Mike Leach coaching tree that they can score points. Uh, what sort of your read on this matchup and, you know, sort of what you're expecting from Auburn? Because, again, as we talk, we don't really know. We haven't really heard anything about, you know, players opting out of this bowl game. If, you know, certain guys who might be looking at the draft are going to play. Um, but what's your initial read on this matchup with Houston? Uh, Storyline no one's talking about, Jordan, the former team of Zach Etheridge. How about that? Yeah. True, true. Good point. Zach Etheridge Bowl. Uh, yeah, man, we we don't know a lot, um, like you said, because we don't know who's available for Auburn because, I mean, you had sit-outs. You had a lot of opt-outs last year, uh, and obviously you've got, you know, a guy like Roger who is, uh, you know, a highly touted NFL draft prospect. I don't think he's going to raise his stock playing Houston. 
Uh, and uh, you got, I mean, we don't even, we don't even know TJ Finley's injury status. He might be hurt for the game. Uh, Grant Lloyd might be the starter going in. We don't know. Um, <laughs> so hard to, hard to make a read <clears throat> this early. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I said uh, one, of the, one of the projections at one point was Auburn versus Texas Tech. Uh, and I was like, oh, boy, this was shortly after the Mississippi State game. I'm like, oh, no, air raid again. Uh, air raid is going to be brutal. And if uh, if Houston decides, if Houston, you know, if Olgerson watches a lot of Mike Leach stuff from that Mississippi State game, uh, Houston's air raid, you know, Houston's passing offense, I don't think they're quite as pass happy. Uh, but they could they could give Auburn a lot of fits. You, you hate that. You hate to be <laughs> pinned against Anyone from the Mike Leach coaching tree right now after how that game went because it didn't go good for Auburn. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, Auburn home game, uh, obviously a lot of Auburn fans in the Birmingham area, they can all go. They can go see the new stadium that we got a sneak peek of when we went to Super 7. Cool venue. I really like it right next to the Top Golf up there. Uh, maybe we can get some get, hit some dingers over there when we're up there. Uh, but otherwise, uh, small venue. Uh, reminds me a lot of Auburn Arena, built purposefully compact, uh, which is which is good. Perfect size for UAB, uh, but yeah, um, gonna be tough. And uh, you know, all, everyone, I think everyone who hated Gus Malzahn for not caring about bowl games and focusing on the next year, uh, I mean, they're probably gonna give Brian Harson a pass because he sh- he should probably not be focused on this bowl game. He should be focused on the future right now too. I agree. Uh, you know, I'm very interested looking at this game. We, it's hard to give a read on, you know, who you think will win, uh, not knowing who might opt out. Um, not knowing for sure on TJ Finley. I will say 247, uh, Nathan King, he reported on Tuesday night that didn't sound like TJ's injury is, is you know, severe, like he should be expected to play. So shout out to Nathan for, for kind of filling us in on that. The big thing I would say at this point, you know, not knowing who's going to opt out, that I think Houston got a little fat on their record uh, on bad teams uh, because really the two best teams they played was Texas Tech, who you mentioned. Uh, they played them in the opener, and uh, I think it was like 38-20. to 20, uh, Texas Tech wound up winning that game. And then really the best other team that they played was Cincinnati, who, granted, Houston did hang with them for about three quarters, and then Cincinnati put it away. And uh, something that Houston's really known for this year is our run defense. And uh, uh, let me tell you, brother, uh, Cincinnati had no trouble running on them. They ran for like seven and a half yards a, a carry. So I kind of think, you know, that that record for Houston's a little bit, you know, fattened up by playing teams like East Carolina and Tulane and some of those squads. So, you know, I think it will be a pretty good uh, competitive contest. But But I think if you look at that record and you go, oh, man, let's hit the brakes a little bit. I think it's inflated just, just a a teeny tiny bit. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But Hey man, it's a team that knows how to win, but no. Yeah. I mean, as, as, as a wise man once said, they ain't played nobody, Paul. Truth. Truth. (laughs) And we'll have all kinds of coverage off of that too. And we're still waiting. It's true today. As he said, then (laughs) forever and ever let, let those words stand. Yeah. I was gonna see if they played Western Carolina because I was I was up there in Catamount Country this past weekend, but they didn't play them. They only played Eastern Carolina. Yeah, yeah. No, no shout out with the Catamounts. I hate to see that. I'm gonna blow my nose and cough. I'll just keep going. 
Yes, I'll just go ahead and talk a little bit while Justin does that. Auburn men's basketball still riding high. This has been kind of an off week uh, for the most part. I'm sure that there's still been practices and things like that. But Auburn's coming off of a very convincing win over Yale on Saturday. Pretty much had the week off as far as no games. They're getting ready to play Nebraska. Mighty Nebraska Cornhuskers on Saturday in holiday hoops giving, part of a uh, little holiday tournament that's going to be in State Farm Arena in Atlanta. It should make for a pretty interesting game. You know, I think Nebraska is still trying to kind of find their way back. Uh, and trying to just be competitive in the Big Ten. You would think Auburn should be in good shape, and you would think a lot of these guys on this Auburn roster are going to be really excited to be playing in Atlanta. You know, it's basically a home game for guys like Jabari and Walker and KB. Um, so I think it's going to be a pretty exciting event. Um, it'll be Saturday morning when they're playing Nebraska. And you got to like, I, you know, from what we've seen, where this Auburn basketball team is right now. You're starting to see them kind of gel together, still a very inexperienced team, but you're seeing the flashes. You're seeing why Bruce would say things like that this team is capable of making a Final Four run. Um, You can see it, but it's just a matter of can they finish strong. You you know, you you hope that once Alan Flanagan comes back that they are set, that they're ready to go. Um, you know, again, shout out again to Nathan King. I think 247 reported that he's back at practice, that Flanagan is, you know, on the mend after that Achilles surgery in early September. That's going to be huge. And that's going to be a big test for these guys once he comes back, trying to just sort of uh, fill out what this lineup needs to look like with Allen, because there's no doubt that this seems going to be more dangerous with Allen on the floor. Um, it's just going to be a matter of kind of figuring out what that actually looks like. He definitely needs uh, a game back before SEC play. And looking at it, you've got four games. So uh, probably not – Probably not. I wouldn't expect him to play in this game, but maybe North Alabama, St. Louis, or Murray State. Uh, but, but yeah, man, uh, you know, everyone loves uh, – loves, uh, what is this? Is this an SEC Big Ten challenge or is this just a game? I don't know. Uh, but everyone loves I think it's, Yeah, I think it's just a, a mismatch, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, holiday hoops giving. All right. So 1030 in the morning. My goodness, that is too early for basketball, Jordan. Uh, but there we go. Hey, we don't have to worry about deadline. We're out of there at noon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it'll be fun. Uh, uh, the women's team recently played Oklahoma State in a, in a SEC Big 12 challenge. So you always like to play uh, another marquee game, another, uh, you know, again, I don't even uh, – I don't even know what Nebraska's basketball uniforms look like. Uh, <laughs> they're one of those teams like Penn State where I came and pictured them playing basketball. But, uh, but hey, man, uh, Auburn, Auburn should probably go over there to Atlanta and expect to win. And uh, as long as they play right, I think they can. Um, it's, been, it's been interesting to watch this, this team because they've, they've, they've had lulls. I mean, like, obviously, you know, I think that first half of Central Florida didn't go so well, right? Uh, but they're already – correcting course uh, mid-game, which is a skill that uh, I think takes takes a lot of teams a, a long time to learn. Uh, you know, you have – when you have a quote-unquote young team, which every team in college basketball is young now because of one-and-dones and such, but if you have a young team where everyone's still trying to gel, you can go up and down. You can be inconsistent, you know, cold streaks and hot streaks. So far, I mean, they're 7-1 and one, or maybe 8-1, and 7-1, and one, and, uh, you know, they – they they have cold halves, not cold games, uh, not certainly not cold weeks. So um, that's an encouraging sign. And, uh, 
you know, I got, I go back, man, I haven't watched this team in a long time. Uh, <laughs> I guess I was on vacation for Yale. We had, uh, we had super seven for UCF. I don't, I just didn't watch that Syracuse game. I don't know why. <laughs> and then uh, last game I really watched was UConn and then Loyola Chicago's on Thanksgiving. I didn't watch that. Uh, so yeah, but you've, you've, you've seen them more than me. Uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen them. i I thought they had, you know, the makings of a good uh, defensive team at the time, but, uh, but yeah, man, um, I don't know. What, what, what do you most want to see? I mean, they handled yell pretty good, so it's hard to, hard to nitpick at that game. Right. Uh, but what do you maybe most want to see from them playing Nebraska? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just consistency through two halves. I know that seems kind of very straightforward, but you saw that against Yale. There was never really a point where you were like, oh, Yale's getting back in. The, like they had one little run like 10 minutes into the first half. And then Auburn was like, mm, nope, not, nope, not, not, not going to be a thing. Uh, and But, you know, early in the season, you did see that with a few halves. I know that first half against Yale Monroe was a little sloppy. I think just consistency through a whole game. Again, it's not to say we haven't seen that, but just see that continue and see that not be an issue where you see teams, um, see players that just think, all right, we're here. We're going to just roll through this. Um, but they've shown that they're very capable of, of putting together a complete game. So that probably be my biggest thing is just seeing that complete game against, you know, what should be an inferior roster. I don't really know much about Nebraska other than Fred Hoiberg's there. I don't think that, you know, just knowing what I know about this Auburn team, Auburn should be able to win this one and not really have to sweat it out. But if you show up and think, well, we're here, we're going to win by 30, you might, be, you might be in for a surprise. So that's my biggest thing is just playing consistently throughout the game. Ladies and gentlemen, corn. <laughs> that's going to be us on Saturday. Man, early game. I, I, am I going to set an alarm for that? I was gonna say you might not be able to watch that one either. You may especially have, yeah, especially on, that, my, on the hit that on the DVR on my recovery schedule, man, dude. I've been getting, I've, getting up at ten a.m. for a basketball. Getting up at ten a.m. What am I, a farmer? What's going on, <laughs> bro? This week I've just been just slipping in and out of consciousness, random hours. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun, but uh, yeah. Ugh, that one's well, good. before we get out of Hopefully here, I'll be talk- better by then. Yes, fingers crossed. You can sleep until now, 10 a.m. Saturday. <laughs> I wish. Before we get out of here, let's talk a little SUNY. Um, okay. oh, I'll start it off, and you can kind of talk about the hardware that she picked up earlier this week. But uh, yeah. got to watch her and the rest of the gymnastics team on Friday uh, at their preview meet that they had. Was very impressed, one, with the crowd. Uh, you know, they showed up. I'd, I'd give a shout-out to Auburn's fans who showed up and uh, – you know, made the most of what was essentially a scrimmage. None of the scores were kept, anything like that. Uh, they were loud. SUNY got to hear it. Uh, you know, shout out to to SUNY. Uh, when she started off, her first event was beam, and uh, she fell off. Uh, when they kind of finish her routine uh, or, you know, pull it off the way she wanted to, she got back home, finished the routine, then went on to uneven bars and, and performed very, very well. And she talked about afterwards the pressure she puts on herself that she, you know, was was pretty nervous. And you think about that as a scrimmage, but you think also about her competitive nature. I mean, what you'd have to do to be an Olympic 
not only an Olympian, but a gold medalist uh, at that. Um, so I was really impressed to sort of hear her talk about, you know, the pressure she puts on herself, uh, hearing Jeff talk about, you know, like she, she was being a little, you know, uh, courteous to herself. She's had like four practices in like three months, something like that. Um, but it was neat to sort of see her, uh, especially in person. That's the first time I've ever seen SUNY in person compete. Uh, and it was fun. And it, and it was a nice preview for what we'll, I'm sure we'll see and what should be some fun atmospheres. I don't know if I'm going to cover any meets, but if I'm not covering them, I may buy me a ticket because that was fun. That was really to see in person. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's completely out of practice. That's why she didn't only did two events. Uh, she did beam and, and bars, did not do did not do floor uh, or vault. Uh, and obviously vault is something you really got to practice. Uh, get out there and get yourself hurt. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, from what I saw, you know, your your eye in the sky uh, phone videos. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, a little fall on beam. Not to, not, honestly, not to be unexpected because I know – all she worked on in California, you know, it was only a little bit, uh, was bars because, and what she said was that, uh, your hands are the first thing you lose. So like bars is the most like hands, uh, event. So she was only, she was just keeping bars in rhythm because that's like, I don't know, I guess your, your, your legs can be, uh, rested for a couple months and still work, still go where you want them to go, but your hands, it's really finicky. So that, that's, she's had only practice bars and obviously her bar routine uh, was very watered down. Like her dismount was obviously just like a, a one flip, but, but she had a tough connection in there that she makes look a lot really easy. Uh, she'll go in from one skill to the next, whereas another girl would have to like do the skill and then like go around, regroup herself and then go to the next one. And she's just like, boom, boom, boom. Uh, so she did, she did have a tough connection in there. Uh, which if you're, you know, if you don't know anything about gymnastics, that's one of the things, if you're like me, if you're like, <laughs> like both of us, but yeah, like me too. And don't know anything about gymnastics. Uh, Any, anyone following me, just pay attention <laughs> to the fact that I just posted the video. I was like, I'm, I have no idea. I'd love to know, but, uh, but yeah, continue. Here, here it is. See for yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, um, yeah, the, good show and pretty cool to just see her in the, that Auburn leotard, you know, after everyone doubted and everyone wondered. Uh, so yeah. And then season starts in January. Um, so yeah, I was, I, I missed that. I missed uh, her first press conference was when I was at a wedding in August. And then I missed this one too on vacation for my dad's birthday. So we missed both of those, but uh, we'll be there for the regular season. Uh, but yeah. And then, and then Tuesday, Tuesday night, Tuesday, what day is it? Wednesday, Tuesday night, uh, she goes down to uh, Hollywood, Florida, and wins a Sports Illustrated Awards Female Athlete of the Year. So there you go. Um, and I don't know when are the ESPYS. I wonder if she might be getting invited to that one. I don't know. Obviously, the ESPYS is the one you hear more about. But but that's SI Awards. It was a real thing. Dan Marino was there. Tom Brady was there. Like Tom Brady accepted in person, uh, and so did she. So that's pretty good company to be in. Uh, and then Caleb Dressler won male athlete of the year. Uh, he was a swimmer, um, gold, fellow gold medalist along with SUNY. And then Billie Jean King won like their, their lifetime achievement award. So that's a really good company to be in. I mean, when you're accepting in person along with Tom Brady and another gold medalist and then Billie Jean King, Hey man, that's nothing wrong with that. So, uh, yeah, so she, she won that and, uh, you can read about it on the website, transcribe some of what she said. Uh, and you can watch it. I think it's on Sports Illustrated's YouTube too. So, 
uh yeah uh not just you know just another day for her <laughs> her insane 2021 continues uh and hopefully in 2022 uh she can you know i know she she loves gymnastics and wants to get back back to that so uh i think pretty soon she's gonna get back into gym mode and uh do it do, getting back to doing what what she loves to do the most yeah, I wanted to shout out. You talked about how you're not sure how all that happened. Somebody had tweeted earlier Wednesday. Suni Lee did all of this in just the last six months, and it was photos, you know, of her uh, Olympic medal and then Dancing with the Stars. And Suni shared it and said, "I still don't know how." So, yeah. I, Met Gala. And Suni, yeah, Met Gala, all of it, crazy. Yes, she's like, I don't know either. It's <laughs> crazy, but it's been fun to watch, no doubt about it. Need a nap, yeah, pretty much. Well, all right, Justin, let's get out of here on that. Uh, appreciate everybody watching. Appreciate everybody listening. We'll have more content in the days to come. Coordinator news, recruiting news, bowl news, people playing, people not playing, people opting out, people transfer portal, all of that good stuff. We'll have all kinds of content through the next few days, Auburn basketball, uh, anything else that just comes up, man, we'll be all over it. And uh, it's uh, fun to keep it going and fun to keep uh, turning out content. So we're going to get out of here. Uh, for Justin Lee, I'm Jordan Hill. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care. Speaking of needing a nap, I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.